We've discovered that the creature's respiratory system includes a sort of a fibrous filtering element which blocks out all of the poisonous vapors on Venus. Fortunately, we've been able to duplicate that system almost exactly. It's like a plastic sponge. It is made of one of the new synthetics. By the way, Doctor, there's a rumor going around that uh, gunfire has no effect on the beast. Why? This beast has no heart and it has no lungs. It has instead a network of small tubes throughout its entire body. Hence, firearms affect no great damage. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. <laughs> I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Straight flows from the force, but beware of the dark side. Oh. 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 Iron Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a uh, reach call. You're listening to Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is episode 661 for Sunday, December 10th, 2017. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie is a creature feature. It's 20 million miles to Earth, starring William Hopper, Joan Taylor, and Frank Puglia. Before I get into this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to 20 Million Miles to Earth. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then I'll get into the movie. XY-21, which crashed into the Mediterranean Sea on the 11th, was a single-stage, astral-propelled rocket 
launched 13 months ago from a site within the United States. The rocket, with its complement of 17 men, had landed on the planet Venus. Venus? The planet Venus? Some of you may also have heard the story of a monster now confined here in Rome's zoo. That beast is from Venus. Twenty Million Miles to Earth is a 1957 American science fiction movie directed by Nathan Geron. He also directed The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, First Men in the Moon, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, The Brain from Planet Eros, and The Deadly Mantis. It was produced by Charles H. Schneer. He collaborated with Ray Harryhausen for over 25 years, and they produced 10 movies together. Here are some of the titles. Clash of the Titans, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, Jason and the Argonauts, Mysterious Island, and It Came from Beneath the Sea. The story was written by Ray Harryhausen and Charlotte Knight. The screenplay was written by Bob Williams and Christopher Knopf. The stop animation effects were created by Ray Harryhausen. The movie was released in July of 1957 and has a running time of 82 minutes. And here's the cast, starting at the top. William Hopper as Colonel Robert Calder. He was the son of Hollywood columnist Hedda Hopper and got his greatest fame playing Detective Paul Drake on the TV series Perry Mason. He was also in The Deadly Mantis. Next up, Joan Taylor as Marissa Leonardo. She had a reoccurring role on the Rifleman TV shows, and she was also in the Earth vs. the Flying Saucers. Next up, Frank Paglia as Dr. Leonardo. Uh, he was a character actor that kept busy in movies and in television from the 1940s through the 1970s. Uh, next up, John Zaremba as Dr. Justin Yule. He was a character actor who was best known for the Earth vs. the Flying Saucers and the TV series The Time Tunnel. Next up, Thomas Brown Henry as Major General A.D. McIntosh. If you've ever seen a war picture, science fiction, epic, or western from the 1940s or 50s, then you've seen Thomas Brown Henry. And probably more than once. Along with Morris Ankrum, Henry was probably the army officer most responsible for helping the Earth drive off hordes of invading outer space monsters, aliens, and unwelcome intruders. He was in the Earth versus the Flying Saucers beginning of the end, and the brain from planet Eros. Next up, Tito Valu as police commissioner Unti. He was a character actor who was typecast as an Italian barber, pizza maker, vendor, grocer, waiter, hotel, or restaurant proprietor. Those are the only roles that you ever see him in. Next up is Jan Arvin as Signor Cantino. He was a character actor who was best known for the Poseidon Adventure and today's movie. Next up, Arthur Space as Dr. Sherman. He was a character actor who was best known for National Velvet, The Spirit of St. Louis, and today's movie. 
And last but not least, Bart Bradley as Pepe. He was an actor best known for the TV series Vegas, where he played character Bobby Benzo Borzo. And that's all I have for movie information. Now let's get into the movie. Today's movie starts with an American spaceship crashing into the sea off the coast of Sicily, near a small fishing village called Jera. Two fishermen and a boy row out to the spaceship and rescue two astronauts from it just before the spaceship sinks into the sea. Meanwhile, back in Washington, D.C., Major General A.D. McIntosh discovers that the missing spaceship, piloted by Colonel Robert Calder, has been located off the coast of Sicily. From all indication, she's splashed in somewhere right here. 20,000 leagues under the sea. Perhaps not, General. Calder may have regained control. I appreciate your optimism, Doctor, but that's the way it reads. We got a radar blip on her just off Iceland. Altitude, 200 miles, rate of descent. What was it? 3,500 feet per minute, sir. Another sighting by Stillman from Marseille. Rate of descent still, 3,500 feet per minute. I'm sorry, Doctor, that puts her right down with the fish. It makes me sick inside as if they were so close. So very, very close. They made it there and almost made it back. Major Stacy speaking. Hold it. Tell the general. Agintosh? Yes? Where? Is that confirmed? Thank you. She's down off Sicily, Doctor. Only a few kilometers off the coast of a fishing village named Jeddah. Where is it? There it is, right there. Major, we'll need the cooperation of the courtesy of the Italian government. So get the State Department on the phone. Tell them we've got a green light from the White House and tell them to get the Italian embassy to clear the path for us. You better tell them we're in a hurry and to roll up the red tape and put it away in a drawer until this thing is over. Yes, sir. After that, call transport. Tell them the doctor and I are leaving now for Sicily. Yes, sir. As General McIntosh flies to Italy, Pepe, the boy who helped rescue the astronauts, finds a metal capsule from the spaceship that is washed up on the beach. Upon opening the capsule, Pepe finds a jelly-like glob inside and sells it to Dr. Leonardo, a visiting zoologist who is studying sea creatures. Ah, good afternoon, my young merchant friend. And what is it you wish to sell me today at an exorbitant rate, I'm certain? An inedible clan with which you are willing to part for very, very little money, I'm sure, huh? Dr. Leonardo, mm. you are a kind of man, a just man, a man of much learning, a man of great wealth. A man of wealth? A professor of... <laughs> ah, of course, Pepe. Come on in, my Sicilian band, and we'll bargain, huh? <laughs> Come on. You have a 200 lira? <laughs> There's a possibility that I have such a fortune. Aye. Now, tell me. Let me see this great treasure of such great value. Come on. Where? You have a 200 litre with you? Uh-huh. In your purse? Yes. That is a true fact? Sure, that is a true fact. But now tell me, why is your need so great and so urgent? Because with a 200 litre, I can have purchased a hat from Texas. Hmm? Please, may I have my money now? A hat from Texas? <laughs> I don't understand you, Pepe. It is the hat the cowboys wear when they shoot the bandito. Bang, bang. And the man, he is dead. Uh, those American movies. Yeah. 
With so great a need, Pepe, you deserve the 200 lira. Cento e duecento. Now, let me see. What do you got? Huh? Hey. <laughs> Come here. Hey. I better get my money's worth or I'm coming after you. Believe me. Now, get diamond is Meanwhile, Dr. Leonardo's granddaughter, Marissa, a third-year medical student, is summoned in town to take care of the injured astronauts. When Colonel Calder regains consciousness, he finds his crewmate, Dr. Sharman, in the last throes of the fatal disease that killed the rest of his crew. I know. You want to know where you are? In Jeddah. Jera? A village in southern Sicily. Oh, not where we figured. The others, how are they? As far as I know, your, your aircraft's at the bottom of the sea. Whoever else was on it, oh, except for this man. His condition is critical. I'm sorry, but you're in no condition to get out of bed. Doctor. Dr. Sharman. I must ask you to leave this man alone. Please. He's extremely ill. Please. Dr. Sharman. Will Can you, you hear leave me? this man alone and go back to your bed? Listen, nurse, I'm in no mood to argue with you. I'm Dr. not Sharman. a nurse. I'm a doctor. Or almost a doctor, and this man may be dying. All right, almost a doctor. Do you know what's wrong with him? No, not exactly. Well, I do. And I know it's fatal. Eight of my crew have already died from it. Now, if you must stay here, stand still and be quiet, please. Doctor, Dr. Sharman, can you hear me? Will you please lie down? Please, doctor. Are we, are we going to make it, make it back? We are back. We are back. Look, you're suffering from exhaustion. Please get back and Quiet. Get the, the animal specimen. Is it all right? I don't know. We crashed into the Mediterranean, and I guess it went down with the wreck. The others are dead. Make them... Make them find it. My... My notes are... Doctor! Will you lie down? Nurse! Doctor! How long can it live in case in that metal cylinder? I've got to know. It's our only hope. Doctor. Formative, altogether a joy and a pleasure to be around. Now, what specimen? What fatal disease? Would you mind telling me what this is all about? I'm sorry. I mean it. But I can't. Can't or won't? Both. He's dead. I know. Later that night, after Marissa returns home to the trailer that she shares with her grandfather, 
she finds a small creature has hatched from the glob that Dr. Leonardo bought from Pepe. Grandpa? Grandpa! What is it, Miyakar? My gloves. Where are my gloves? Under the table. What is it? Where did it come from? Pepe, the little fisher boy. I've never seen anything like this before. No scientific record of such a creature. Look at the torso. The torso is that of a human being. And, and the articulation of the legs. Look at it. Look at it. But from where? Oh, the cage. The cage by itself. Soft cloth, Parisa. The flooring of the cage is rough and hard. So very ugly. And yet it seems so frightening. inside me, Akara. Marisa, come. By the following morning, the creature has tripled in size. Later that morning, General McIntosh arrives in Jera, accompanied by a government scientist, Dr. Judson Ewell, and he meets with Colonel Calder and Signor Cantino, a representative of the, of the Italian government. General McIntosh tells the Italian government officials that the spaceship that crashed just returned from the planet Venus. Signor Contino, avanti per favore. Oh, I'm honored, Signore. Gentlemen, may I introduce Signor Contino from the Italian Department of State, General McIntosh. Signor. Uh, Colonel Calder. Right. Dr. Yule. How do you do, sir? I want to thank you for coming so promptly, Signor, and I want to thank your government for expressing its desire to cooperate in this matter. I must beg you, however, for the moment, to observe strict secrecy. It is understood. What I have to say you will find incredible, but true. Colonel Calder here has just returned from an expedition to Venus. To Venice. Perhaps you mean Venezia. Venus, the planet Venus. The planet Venus? That is correct. I was informed this matter was connected with something vast. But the, the planet Venus? Man's first interplanetary voyage. On the return trip, the spaceship was crippled by a meteor. Except for Colonel Calder here, the entire crew perished. I'm grieved. The problem that confronts us is this, Signor. The atmosphere on Venus is such that a human being cannot breathe and survive for long, even after using what we considered foolproof respiratory equipment. Several members of the expedition died there before the others realized the danger, and Dr. Sharman, the chief scientist, also became fatally ill. He died here after the ship crash. Fascinating. Horrible, but fascinating. Now, on that ship was a particular sealed metal container. In it is an unborn specimen of the animal life on the planet. We've got to find it. 
Our task is to discover in what physiological way life is able to survive and to flourish there. Not until that secret is learned can another expedition expect to return. And return we must, for on Venus important minerals were discovered that would be of vast benefit to our own civilization. I am at your disposal, General. In what way may I assist you? We need divers, several divers to descend to the wreck to search for the specimen. They will be here in the morning. As the police divers begin to search for the container, General McIntosh offers a reward for the container's recovery, prompting Pepe to lead them to the empty container. When Pepe tells them that he sold the specimen to Dr. Leonardo, Colonel Calder and Dr. Yule go after Dr. Leonardo. Mondello, one moment of your time, please. Si, signora commissario. Uh, General, this is Verriga and this is Mondello. They are the two men who went inside of the ship before she sank. The American general wishes to speak to you of an item of great importance. We are looking for a cylinder about this high and about this round. Uh, very probably it went down with the ship, but there's always the possibility that it was knocked loose and may drift ashore somewhere today, tomorrow, who knows. It is so important that we recover this container and its contents that I have offered a reward of a half million lira. Please spread that information around the... You will not take my heart Silencio, from me. Silencio, Pepe. The general is speaking. Continue, general. Wait. What is it, son? What is it you wish to say? It is only if I speak of the thing from the sheep that you was promised to me that I may keep my heart from the great country of Texas. Well, of course you may keep your hat. What do you know about the big container? Um, there is a matter of a half a million lira. How much is that? Sufficient to purchase for me a cowboy horse like they ride in Texas? Enough to buy many horses. Now, what do you know about the big container? You promised to me about the hat, about the horses? You have my promise, son. It is there. Come on, follow me. Would you and your men accompany the colonel? Of course, General. Uh, on the arm of your Besides, I have to see a, a man about a horse. And a half a million lira. Later that night, Dr. Leonardo and his granddaughter Marissa discover the creature has grown to human size. Soon after, the creature breaks out of the cage and flees into the woods. Ah. The canvas has come loose. Ah, I better stop then. You know, it occurs to me that our friend is perhaps a mutation. But of what species? I do not know. Now, here, you catch this on the other side, please. There's also the possibility that it might be a type of throwback toward the prehistoric and unknown.
Are you hurt? No, I, I don't think so. I guess I frightened it as much as it frightened me. But its claw was so strangely hot. I beg your pardon, but you must be... A strange animal has escaped. A strange animal? Like something you've never seen before? Like something no one has ever seen before. It broke out of its cage and grabbed me by the arm. Oh, hello, almost a doctor. This creature, tell me about it. Well, first it was this high, then this high. Now, it is tall, nearly as tall as a man. Is that the normal rate of growth? No, not as far as I know. The only data we have is in Dr. Sharman's notes. Where's the animal now? It fled into the wood. Let's go. Oh, no, please, animal. please, wait, wait. Tell me, what is that creature? Where does it come from? I must know. We, we'll go with you, huh? I'm sorry, Professor. I can't now. Thanks for your help. Well, looks as though my patient is fully recovered. The creature comes across a nearby farm and terrorizes the animals. The creature enters a barn and finds several bags of sulfur. The creature rips open the bags and begins to eat the sulfur. While eating the sulfur, the creature is attacked by the farm dog. The creature kills the dog, alerting the farmer. Colonel Calder and the others reach the barn and trap the creature in the barn. Colonel Calder tries to get the creature into a cage when the farmer stabs the creature with a pitchfork and is attacked by the creature. Stay where you are. Let's back out quietly. Incredible. The creature has to be taken alive. There's a cart outside. Would you have your men bring it in the barn? Il carretto per piacere. Now will you get me a long wooden pole? Un palo subito. I've had nightmares in my time, but I've never dreamed of anything like this. Actually, they're not ferocious unless they're provoked. That poor dog must have jumped him first. That's good. That's just what I need, Grazie. Now I'm going to try and prod the creature right into that cart. If I can get him in there, be ready to shut that gate. The creature breaks out of the barn and disappears into the countryside. The police commissioner insists that the creature be destroyed, but Signor Contino grants Colonel Calder permission to capture the creature. That is my position. The safety of the people in this district is my affair. My primary affair, as long as I'm a commissario. It may be you can have me replace. That, of course, is your privilege. Until then, I intend to function as commissario. You are an efficient man, signor. A man of sincerity. There will be no thought of replacing you. Then I must say that at daybreak, I intend to use every means at my disposal to destroy that creature before it kills someone. But you can't do that. Uh, yes, sir. May I remind you that the commissario is a Sicilian police chief performing the duties of his office? I know that, sir, but... But what? 
Would there be any objection, General, if Dr. Yule and I tried to track this animal and take it alive? Before the commissario has him destroyed? Not for me. Signor Cantino? How do you propose to do this? On Venus, we discovered quite by accident that these creatures are extremely susceptible to electric shock and that controlled voltage can paralyze them. Now, if we could have two helicopters and a squad of armed paratroopers, we might be able to drop an electrically charged wire net on the beast. A net. All I ask, sir, is permission to try. If, if this can be done before any human life is threatened, the Italian government will have no objection. All right, Bob, you shall have your copters. Thank you, sir. Colonel Calder uses sulfur as bait to lure the creature to a secluded area. The creature takes the bait, and a net is dropped from a helicopter that covers the creature, and it is subdued when they apply electricity to the net. The creature is then taken to the Rome Zoo. Later, at the American Embassy in Rome, General McIntosh briefs the press corps and will allow three reporters to view the creature. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen of the press. I am fully aware of the rumors that began with an air crash 10 days ago off the coast of Sicily. Not until now have I received permission to make known the facts exactly as they are. Uh, this cablegram has been signed by the United States Secretary of Defense. In the face of widespread speculation and after consultation with various foreign governments, the president has authorized release of all information to press and news agencies for their immediate publication. The airship XY-21, which crashed into the Mediterranean Sea on the 11th, was a single-stage astro-propelled rocket launched 13 months ago from a site within the United States. The rocket, with its complement of 17 men, had landed on the planet Venus. Venus? The planet Venus? Had landed on the planet Venus and was on the return flight to Earth when the ship plunged into the sea. There was one survivor, Colonel Calder, seated beside me, commander of the expedition. Some of you may also have heard the story of a monster now confined here in Rome's zoo. That beast is from Venus. It is an essential object of scientific study if man is to survive the atmosphere on Venus, poisonous to humans. May we be allowed to see this creature? I ask you correspondents to select three of your number to accompany Colonel Calder to the zoo. Those selected by you will, of course, pool their interviews with the entire press corps, and we will furnish you all necessary photos. Well, I guess that's all, and thank you for your patience. Colonel Calder takes the three reporters to the zoo to see the creature. He explains to them how the creature has been sedated so it can be studied. The size. Eight days ago, it was about this tall. How do you account for this astonishing rate of growth? Or is that norm on Venus? No, it isn't. The scientists here believe that the Earth's atmosphere has upset its metabolic rate. The more air it breathes, the more tissue it builds, and the bigger it gets. If you'll follow me, please. You've undoubtedly heard of Dr. Gerhard Blankford of Vienna, probably the world's top man in anesthesia. It's the doctor's job to keep the creature unconscious during the examination. Now, you'll note the wire running down to the creature's wrist. Dr. Blankford keeps 1,800 volts of electricity coursing through the body. More voltage and it would die. Less and it would awaken. 
Amazing. Utterly amazing. You can get a better look at the wrist connection this way. This is Dr. Kuroku of the University of Tokyo. He's assisting Dr. Yule. Another attempt to pry secrets from the creature, Doctor? We hope this electrodynamometer will enable us to complete our examination of oral passages. Could you give us any positive statement on your progress so far, Doctor? So far, we have come to one conclusion. The creature's olfactory system is more highly developed than any known on this planet. We'll find Dr. Ewell on the platform. He's the man in charge. They're feeding the creature a compound of sulfur. Now, sulfur serves it as our vitamins do us. Just as Marissa begins to flirt with Colonel Calder, the electrical equipment shorts out and the creature awakens. The creature breaks out of the building where it is being studied and battles an elephant. The creature and the elephant take the fight through the streets of Rome. They destroy cars, damage buildings, and injure people. The creature finally kills the elephant and continues his rampage through the city. Colonel Calder tracks the creature to the Tiber River. It disappeared into the Tiber, General, at Ponte Umberto. What do you think, Bob? Would hand grenades force it out? I don't know. I can't tell what that thing will do or where it'll do it. It's worth a try, sir. There's an artillery unit deployed at... Uh... Palazzo di Giustizio. The Palace of Justice, right across the bridge from where you are. They'll give you all the help you need. Start blasting it, Bob. We're moving up with another unit over on the other section of the Tiber. Yes, sir. The soldiers lob grenades into the river, forcing the creature to the surface. The creature destroys a bridge and heads for the Colosseum. On the way to the Colosseum, the creature destroys an ancient temple and kills several soldiers. The creature makes it to the Colosseum and disappears inside. Colonel Calder chases after the creature with a bazooka team. The creature climbs on top of the Colosseum. Colonel Calder fires a bazooka and scores a direct hit. He then fires a second time and scores another direct hit. The creature falls from the top of the Colosseum to its death. The final scene of the movie is of Marissa running into Colonel Calder's arms. And that's the end of the movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. The working title for this movie was The Giant Emir. One of the reasons the movie takes place in Italy is because Ray Harryhausen always wanted to vacation in Italy, but could never afford to go on his own. Today's movie was originally to be shot in Chicago with a spaceship crashing into Lake Michigan. Ray Harryhausen's original design for the monster was a giant cyclops, similar to the one later used in the seventh voyage of Sinbad. Though the creature is referred to as the Emir in reviews and websites, the name was never mentioned in the movie. Ray Harryhausen was concerned that the audience would mistake it for the Arabic title Emir. Ray Harryhausen's creature Emir was used as a template for the creature Calabas from Clash of the Titans. And that's it for movie trivia. Now it's time for the Star Trek connection. Everybody knows I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I try to find a Star Trek connection in every movie and TV show I watch. 
This movie's Star Trek connection is a deep pull. I'm proud of this one. Um, it's Barry Russo. He was the American embassy aide in today's movie. He also played in two episodes of Star Trek, the original series. He played security chief, Lieutenant Commander Giotto in the first season episode, The Devil in the Dark, and Commander Robert Wesley in the second season episode, The Ultimate Computer. And that's all I have for the Star Trek connection. Here are my comments about today's movie. I watched the 2014 DVD release from Mill Creek Entertainment. It was on their Sci-Fi Creatures Classic 4-pack. It came with the giant claw, it came from beneath the sea and Mothra. The picture and sound quality are pretty good. It's a bare bones DVD though. There's no trailers, no special features, nothing. I remember watching this movie as a kid. It was one of those science fiction movies that was always on TV on a Saturday afternoon. I've always liked Ray Harryhausen movies. His movies are always fun to watch. 20 Million Miles to Earth was one of my favorite Ray Harryhausen movies. My favorite scenes are the battle between the Emir and the elephant and the Emir attacking the farmer. They still look good 60 years later. I would recommend this movie to all science fiction fans. If you haven't seen this movie, check it out. It's a fun movie to watch. You will not be disappointed. And those are my comments about 20 million miles to Earth. And that's it for today's podcast. Before I wrap up this week's podcast... I want to thank Rico for giving me another opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. Rico will be back on the podcast next week with a discussion on Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5. Signing off. Until next time, live long and prosper. Tricks in Cypher. End of transmission.